want. Listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. technical oh. difficulties Sorry that was that. weird yeah. yeah i think that was the cord huh? it just like shorted out on me randomly us yeah. one of the prices of the luxury of being able to record on a back deck in the uh nice summer weather yeah you pull try and finagle what you can like try and get creative mm-hmm. cord with cords it's kind of annoying but we'll make it work hell yeah so back to uh yeah, apples and uh, fermentary. And... Mm. Yeah, I think after this uh, pressing cycle, I'll yeah. probably get something in bottle, and then shortly after that, hopefully, like I'll have some of that stuff probably aged, like or aging for quite a while before I'm like happy with where it's at and when it's ready to go in bottle, and and at that point, you can it can just go right on the shelves. But, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I usually get apples from this orchard up the road, Owl's Head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really good. They don't spray or anything. Yeah. So it's just like, whatever you're every season, you just never know. Uh, good, um, good variety though. Excellent variety. Yeah. That's awesome. And you were talking about having him on the cast at one point. Absolutely. Yeah. Jody, we got to get him on some point i i'm still working through some of the details with having more guests come through yeah no totally yeah with the wife and all she's feeling like <laughs> hey, oh, you need to give me a two weeks notice well, and, and I, I i respect that. I, I, I admire her skepticism in people <laughs> you know it's like that's a it's an admirable trait yeah and i don't know if it's skepticism age. more of just like she just likes her privacy a lot it's yeah two sides of the same coin yeah and so, but she also can appreciate, like, if we're going to do something, you should do it, do it right. So you can't just stack some boxes on top of each other and call it good. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, yep. And, and you got to be able to put a, put some extra thought into it. So I like that about her. That's why we have things as ripping and roaring as we do with the garage. I swear it's because she, she's so persistent about, no, nope, you're not going to do it that way. <laughs> You're gonna do it this way. Oh, and no, I pick my battles. And well, I was gonna say if you know, as long as it's not being said for the sake of saying it, and you know, you're she's right about it. Then fuck yeah, you know, like you you have a great advisor on your hands in yeah. that sense. 
That's true. It can get a little bit emotional at times, but yeah. Well. <laughs> Advisors, man. I used to get really self-critical when they were critical. That was the problem. But that's yeah. my deal. That's not, I shouldn't be projecting that onto other, you know, experiences or whatever. But anyway, yeah, dude, I'm wicked excited about Apple season. Fuck yeah. Very excited. I'm wicked excited about the launch. You know, worked hard on it, long time coming, and it's a good, it's a great product. Thank you. Know? you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying that just for the sake of it. It's well I'm glad you think so. It's the whole point is sharing it. I'm I'm happy to kind of finally share my true my true north with the world. It's kind of like you know, the books and the projects and all those things, they're all kind of I'm starting to get into the mode of I think these things deserve to be shared with something someone else and how they work so well together too you know yeah they all work synergistically for sure it's that's the beauty of it like we just got done doing the stonework even and how'd that go down, was, at, down at benji's uh yeah, one of our previous guests right on Chris's yeah brother. it's a good project it's it's hard um it's probably one of the hardest things i've ever done um, and it's tests you. You feeling it today? Feeling it big time. <laughs> and um, it, it's been like a th- series of like weeks that this has been for this season. And so it's just, it's a lot. And I want to be able to contribute everything I can in return because Benji came over and helped with all kinds of shit. Totally. Yeah. And like it was like a work trade style between family, you know, like that's, it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. We, we like it. It works for us. Because we're able to basically commit that those weekends and kind of just trade weekends as much as we possibly can until, you know, winter comes and then the routine changes dramatically. In fact, I, I, I actually appreciate the winter season because it gives that, it gives the body some kind of a, a rest in certain ways. Yeah. I mean, you, everybody tends to go full bore during the summer, you know, especially in an area like this where summer's only three and a half, four months long, you know? So like people try and pack in as much as they can on top of, you know, their regular day to day. And yeah, if it was like that all year round, I think people would be even more exhausted. It can definitely wear and tear. I'm, my back is feeling it. My mostly my arms, like certain areas of my body that I'm like so out of shape in. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, you feel it. All and that office like, work. God damn it, office work and too much of other things. Not exercising. Um, it's like you stay plenty busy, and you know, even outside of work, like you, you don't really stop doing things. But yeah, it's, yeah. You're on your feet all day, but yet you're you're not actually uh, engaging those muscles or that muscular like uh, sort of proprioceptive like skill building like process where you're like getting really a good sense of the, the muscle patterns conditioning and, and the yeah yeah because you can learn how to basically 
not strain yourself and just do things smart yeah. over time. And that saves muscle. I, I was, but yeah, no, no, but then you're weaker <laughs> in hey, some right. ways. Like when you have to use those parts of your body, right? You, you still have that muscle, but it's not conditioned anymore. It's not, uh, yeah, it's needs more stretching, you know, for sure. But yeah, like, uh, I was listening to this neuros neurologist, neuroscientist, I forget, but, uh, I think they're the same thing, I uh, believe, right? Not necessarily. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of neurology in general. Sorry. Right, yeah. No, not neurologist, yeah. Well, neuro yeah, a neurologist is somebody that does neurology, but... Right. But neuroscientist is somebody that studies brain patterns and, like, kind of in a... from a psychological standpoint, almost. Right. But uh, this guy was talking about how the the term muscle memory... Mm. And how, oh, you you got muscle memory, you build the muscle memory. It's like muscle cells don't have the ability to have a memory. What muscle cells have is the ability to condition. It's the portion of the brain that controls those muscle groups that has the memory. Mm. So it's it's like not entirely a misnomer, but it's... It's misleading in the sense that, you know, it makes people think, oh, my muscles have a brain. It's like, no, your brain's a muscle, sort of, even though it's made out of fat. But Yeah, because even like the phrase, it's like riding a bike. I think it's that you, you get that center of gravity and that confidence and that stays there kind of like swimming. Yeah. But you still have to work at it to get better anyway. Get better, get good and yeah. get comfortable, even more comfortable. Like, I haven't ridden a bike in probably six years, but I could hop on one right now and, mm -hmm. you know, ride it without hands. And I'm, as long as I'm going fast enough, I wouldn't even have to think about it. Yeah, but if I end up going, like, down a hill, mm. I have to, like, kind of let go a little more and a little more and, like, get back into that that trust factor, that instinctive mind. And I think part of that has some memory attached to it. I'd imagine, but it may not be stored directly in the muscles. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like exactly. It's it, the the concept is still kind of there in the sense that you know, like every muscle group is kind of controlled by a small, you know, subsection of the brain, and you know, it's when that subsection of the brain fires, that's where the memory resides. And whether or not the muscles are conditioned is how well that memory is enacted. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's kind of cool, though. It makes me wonder, like, kind of playing on the pun of that old old adage, old phrase, uh, how the heart is a muscle. Totally. Three, technically. And, and yeah, it's, uh, parts. it's a pretty powerful organ. It's like we... Uh, obviously an organ but it's almost like on a whole another level because it's working on this other energetic frequency that's basically the primary receiver of that energy and one of the things that's so anomalous and weird about things like heart transplants is people will actually have just strange like sort of 
deja vus from another life almost. Yeah, that yeah. and random cravings of uh, of foods yeah. that they never even tasted or, before. Or knew they didn't like before. In their before. body, anyway. Right, like, you know, that one food that always, you know, everybody's got one food that, you know, they still can't s- stomach as an adult for, you know, just for no reason, but it's taste, even though, you know, it's good for you. It's like, for me, it's beets, but it's like, I mm. want to be able to like them, but I just, like, if I'm eating just straight beets, I'm like, ah. you know, but yeah, it's like, they'll, like you said, out of nowhere, they all of a sudden like something that. It's like your tastes don't change that drastically. Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, with the deja vu, there was another, there was another example where a girl, a little girl actually had these reoccurring nightmares and eventually like the parents and the caregivers, the teachers like put her down. No, (laughs) kind (laughs) of narrowed it. They narrowed it down to the, the, possibility that these could actually be just like memories and it turned out that this little girl that uh received the heart of a heart transplant from another younger girl who was murdered but wasn't ever found she was having she was having case wow and then they found they discovered who like this could be based on the descriptions in the dream that that the the woman no with the new heart they recounted. found the murderer they through... found the murderer and he actually confessed eventually when he broke down he confessed and the exact his words were her, the words that she testified in the dream before they even found him dude so it's like there's something else happening for sure when it comes to heart intelligence and well i mean and who's to say that couldn't happen with any other organ too you know like Say, you know, it was a liver transplant versus a heart transplant, but, you know, all the other circumstances were the same. It's like, is there cellular memory? Is that a possible thing? Yes. Like, like, like hereditary memory. You know, supposedly we inherit a lot of, you know, our, the memories of our mothers, you know, at least cellularly. But, uh, well, yeah, because it, it, like Sheldrake and his research in the morphogenic field and morphogenesis is that the building blocks of life do not actually, um, uh, like they need they need an architect to go with the pieces to build. Oh yeah, you build can't the, build the organism right. Otherwise, you just got a pile of rubble. You know. Yeah, all you have then are just potentia. And just random protein materials stacked on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. And then so his uh, conclusions are fantastic because they basically speak to how we have discounted sort of the spiritual element to life. That again, going back to the heart, they've done experiments of like timing people's reaction to things when they don't know what's about to happen. It's usually emotionally induced, mm. whether it's like intense arousal or or fear adrenaline or 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 something beautiful like just like a landscape and like they'll they'll get a baseline at like oh these is this is their baseline of their heartbeats per minute and all that and they have to click but it's on like a delay and it's uh 
they'll shuffle through so the computer doesn't even know what it's about to project and the person somehow will actually pick it up before the projection happens before the it's visually uh, received through the eyes it's very strange yeah like the heart will actually spike when there's absolutely nothing to be like there's blank i mean it's very possible that you know intuition and instinct come from there i mean they say it comes from you know portions of your brain but also you know other cultures look at different organs differently too if it's like you know in a lot of western cultures the heart is the the love organ you know like where empathy and kindness and all that you know, gratitude, where all that comes from. In other cultures, you know, it might be the liver or the spleen or the pancreas, you know, like, but it's a, can't really be ruled out. I mean, there's, there's absolutely, you know, electricity going on there, you know. For sure. It's, and. All over. And, yeah, and we're. We're animals of frequency at the end of the day, humans like we we we're interfered with frequency more than a lot of other animals and well, we've definitely been operating on a frequency that's been conducive to our our own habits and things like that, which is all part of. I didn't do a very good job at just predefining morphogenesis just a minute ago and not to so not to confuse anybody but it basically means memory in nature. Well, wow. that's all it means that it has these the way nature and evolution works is through an inherent memory and you could even look at crystals in nature and see how this is physically possible like through molecular design and things like that and so one it could stand to reason that where, why we're here, I mentioned before, I'm actually reading the book called Science of Self-Empowerment. It's, it's fascinating because it's all about trying to remember who we are and what we're capable of when it comes to self-healing and compassion, other heart qualities that you mentioned. Uh, it's basically starts with the idea that, oh, wait a minute. Like maybe what we were told about ourselves is actually false. It's actually a, a you mean you mean there's <laughs> are are you trying to tell me there's hidden histories out there? Mm. No, it, we've been lied to. <laughs> no, according to the evidence at hand <laughs> or lack thereof, still what we are yet have yet to even discover through evidence based uh, practice or whatever scientific method. It uh, still is, there's no, uh, there's no real evidence that evolution for humans happened slowly, gradually over long periods of time. I mean, yeah, there's, it was, there's it quite was like the opposite leap. in some ways. Yes. Yeah. It was like this skyrocket leap, yeah. this like exponential Almost curve. out of nowhere. We it's started like, agrarian culture. We yeah. started, you know, uh, complicated languages we started warfare we started a lot of things like almost out of nowhere 
And and that is uh, approximately dated back to about 200,000 years ago. Yeah. Which is extremely recently in the grand scheme of things. To us, though, as, as a species, we actually have not changed. Oh, you good? Yeah, I just needed to stand. Yeah, dude. Do what you got to do. Uh, we haven't changed, genetically speaking. Like, biologically... In terms of what genes are we're using today, are we've, the same exact. We've changed culturally. That's it. Uh, yeah, uh, over throughout the ages, we've changed and varied culturally. Now, that also has significance for sure, because it all has to do with language and the mind and creativity. And I think we still have yet to kind of break through those negative cycles, those self-destructive patterns, to actually our see origin what it's stories like too. That. You know. Yeah, we we have we have no real idea at the end of the day. And this book, um, kind of, it it takes you on a different uh, journey than one is used to when you when you keep hearing over and over again that evolution is based on chance and competition and all these things. And and there are some truths. To there that. are some truths for sure. But what we're what we're actually what the science suggests is that more often than not, it's actually symbiotic associations that prevail. So when you look at it through just solely competition and survival, obviously conflicts happen. Like that's what all collaboration is all about. We're not. It's not like we have to. You know, there can't always be a rainbow in the sky. Let's put it that way. Right, and and you know, change doesn't always only have to happen through chaos and conflict and you know despair and you know to the to the winner the victor go the spoils so to speak mm. you know like that's not the only way that change can happen and good change specifically but and and not to say that you know the only change that comes from any of those things is good change cuz that's not true as well since we've seen since know eisenhower yeah it has it, it when it comes to those political ideals it's it's got to be from the place of true heart intelligence and one of the things that i think gets in the way is is power and we were talking earlier about this movie i'm sure there's ads wine lanso gods what a stupid name What are you doing? It's empty, Your Grace. What do you mean it's empty? There's no more wine. Is that what empty means? <laughs> so get more. <laughs> it's not what empty means. <laughs> more wine. More wine. You uh so you you are one of the few people that actually enjoyed Game of Thrones that I talked to. Through and through. What do you mean? Well, a lot of people were pretty upset about the ending that I Oh, uh, oh, uh, no, yeah, no. I the ending I it could have been better, but like they should have they should have tried to not, you know, speed it through like cuz they they realized they had such a cash cow, but he hadn't finished writing the fucking books, you know? So they HBO 
kind of had to finish writing the books for George R. R. Martin in that sense. And yeah, it, could it have been better? Absolutely. If they'd let him do his thing, but it was still really good. Yeah. You know? I, I got a lot out of it. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That anytime I get kind of like uh giddy over watching not only that, but like just, I get into my like wine phase my like oh why yeah i just that's all I, think, that's all I think about is that scene but i mean baratheon was pretty dope he was he was a good character yeah i was kind of bummed that he left so early well yeah all of it, it was like a theme for that show or you know the books or whatever but you know don't get attached to characters too quickly because they don't necessarily stick around for long. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, Ned Stark's awesome. They killed Ned. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen oh, it. Oh, if but... you haven't seen it by now, fuck you and your spoiler. <laughs> like. Well, yeah. And I, I really. homeless people that are watching it right now. What's your excuse? It's such a good example I'm in regards asshole. to the, the power. Oh, you're fine. It might be true, though. I guarantee it. Somewhere. We, saw, we saw a bunch of, uh, a couple hippies, like, recently, and they were, like, trying to, like, either bum rides or cash or whatever, and they're, like, on the side of the road, like, on their phones. It was the weirdest, like, spectacle, just seeing that, like, sort of occur right in front of you. Yeah, it was like, you know, sadly, your phone's probably collectively together cost about you know first last and security for an apartment you know oh man yeah maybe it's by choice though you know who knows some people just like to uh yeah not be you know tethered by much and exactly i i respect people that can live like that and parts of me definitely could but i guess i'm saving my energy yeah, I mean, there is so many different ways to look at it. You know, this is one life, so enjoy it. You can take that in so many different avenues, and and you can either do the uh, the harder things, the things that are harder for us, in order to get a greater um, sense of a quality of life in the future. My, one of my favorite examples is the marshmallow test. Have you heard of this? You were talking about it, but, uh, yeah, refresh me. It's, uh, they put a marshmallow in front of a, um, a young kid and the, they were given like two choices. You could either eat the marshmallow and then you've eaten the marshmallow or you can wait. I think it was like 20 minutes. It was either 20 or between 10 and 10 and 20. And I think it was like, I don't have exact results in front of me right at the moment, but I kind of, I want to think that the major, I'm pretty sure that the majority of the people, the subjects actually chose to eat, eat the marshmallow, the one marshmallow. What did you get if you waited? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was a key component. So if you waited the 20 minutes or whatever the time was, if you waited the 20 minutes, you get a second marshmallow, you got a second marshmallow. Yeah. 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 So it's basically a a lesson on 
you know, investment principles and interest and yada, yada. Yeah. And I think there is something to be said about that to some degree, for sure. I think you can definitely get addicted to it, though, like addicted to the the uh, the success, the thrill you get from from winning all the time. So it's there's a delicate balance. I think you can definitely get carried away. So that's where the trick comes in, whether it's through a government initiative or through a capitalist like drive. It's it it's no the game is still the same. You have to apply your heart. Because as long as you do that, you have the bigger picture's best interest, which includes yours, rather than just you alone. And also at the same time, like, I, I do get what you're saying, but it's like, for for people who are, you know, already struggling, you know, say they haven't had a marshmallow in, you know, a month or two, and you give mm -hmm. them a marshmallow and you say, hey, you know, in 20 minutes, you're going to get another marshmallow if you don't eat this marshmallow, it's, but, you know, like, they need that marshmallow to keep living the next 20 minutes, you know, in the sense of like. So you're saying if the marshmallow represented something critical, like like actual food, you can only make your money work for you. If you have excess money. Yes. So if course. you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, marshmallow to marshmallow. Right. Then. Yeah. You know, like. Maybe you can make it that, that 20 minutes and you get that next marshmallow and you can eat the first marshmallow. And if you don't eat the second marshmallow in another 20 minutes, you get another marshmallow. It's like that's paycheck to paycheck, but you're still not saving marshmallows, you know? <laughs> right. Right. At the end of the day. And especially if they're tinkering with the value of marshmallows over time mm. in within a 10 year period. It's that marshmallow is now a third of marshmallow or a fourth, but it's, it's, it, you know, that's the nature of taxation and the hidden tax of borrowing prosperity out of the future so we can spend it right now Dude. or have pay the debt that we used it yesterday or whatever. Just it credit is. card debt alone in this country is yeah. at an all time high. We're almost at $2 trillion just in credit card and debt. And you know what that is? It's that, inflation and well, it's, yeah. Mind if I no go for it? I'm gonna poke at the left for just a hot second. Please, <laughs> poke at them both. I love poking at both. Honestly, don't get me wrong. But one of the things that drive me crazy is hearing about this modern monetary theory that's being passed around as if it's this like saving grace of what's going to salvage you know uh, American quality of life and forgive debts and stuff and i have debt so like i'm actually if they do that more whatever to me because the scales are so out of whack they can't see the fact that really what they're saying when they say modern monetary theory isn't modern at all it's what governments have tried over and over again that has never ever worked it's where you print more or issue more credit uh just to pay the interest or maybe the principal or whatever on the debt. And now this debt is actually the privilege of using money 
And what you have with the credit card thing is a direct example of what modern monetary theory in, in terms of its concept is doing to the economy because people are so used to borrowing to get by because they figured, oh, we'll credit the account and debit it later. That's what I've, I've literally heard them say this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense because what debit, first of all, where is that debit coming from? Like, are you going to actually ask people to do real work and, and do it? Because the unemployment rate is fucking through the roof. And it's like, you can't just force even, even people Even though to, more people are working two jobs than ever before. Which yeah. is weird, right? Like, well, it's because it, they are counting as one person. There's so many people that aren't willing to work. They, you know, ever since the fucking lockdowns, they just, you know, they went on, you know, they got those two stimulus checks and they're like, I never have to work again. And now they're just, you know, doing whatever piecemeal to just subside. And it's like, yeah, so many people are, are not willing right now to right. you know be in the workforce. They don't want to fucking work. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to work. No That's one wants thing. to work. A I mean, lot. I don't understand, though. It's a weird world because even though people aren't really working, somehow the system hasn't completely collapsed because there is still currency being exchanged. Well, yeah, because, you know, a lot of that has been absorbed by people trying, you know, basically you're taxed 40%. Inflation is, you know, through the roof. Debt is through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so the people that are trying, they're the ones that are working two jobs. Yeah, they're and literally holding the economy up right. by their shoulders. And they're not even the middle class anymore. They're they're upper lower class. Yeah. That's what I know? consider myself. In. Yeah. I mean it's like I don't even see myself as middle class anymore. There is no middle class anymore. Yeah. Like since fucking Obama, there's like that was one of the first things he set out to do. And he wasn't able to do it in his first or second term. But he's doing it now in his third term. Oh, yeah, with the Biden administration? Yeah, and don't be fooled. Like, Biden's not running shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make this into a big political no, 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 like, no. thing. Because I, mean, I, I, I do agree with you, absolutely. And neither of us are Trumpers and either. I, I actually, clear, well, also, think. to be clear, it's also my, um, just from what I've seen, and what little I know about politics and economics in general is I can't identify a moment since at least I have been alive where there was actually a positive thing that a president did for the economy or, or a point, a Federal Reserve chairman right, exactly. that actually was able to manage things properly every single time since like Alan Greenspan, Volcker before him. And now Larry Fink Bernanke, from fucking BlackRock. And then you had Janet Yellen and now Larry Fink from BlackRock, who Trump put in, and everybody was praising Trump, licking his butthole, being like, oh, the economy was strong and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, some of that is true. But also, he put BlackRock's software in charge of the Federal Reserve. You know, like, there's... BlackRock software runs the people who rent us our money at a very high interest rate. Mm. 
BlackRock, isn't that the, um, is that a hedge fund that owns all this real estate? BlackRock, I mean, State Street, Vanguard. Yeah, yeah. Those are the big three. Yeah, which I guess it doesn't matter, but I know that. It matters greatly. Well, I know that China owns <laughs> oh, yeah. a, a vast majority. And so I've always been curious. Like, you hear kind of both sides of that. Is oh, like yeah. China may own those hedge funds or the derivatives that they own, they that own. against that real estate that are booked through those hedge. Like, I say the hedge funds, but like places like BlackRock. And China's also been and, buying up our debt for years now. You know, like. Yeah, and that's a long story too, but basically that's because of the trade deficit. Sure, but cuz otherwise what would happen is their currency would actually uh equal or rise relative to US dollars. And if that were to happen, their exports would slow down because their stuff would become more expensive. So what they do exactly. is they bend the rules. They're fixing the market. They bend the rules yeah. where instead of exchanging those dollars on the foreign exchange market, the right. forex they actually buy a U.S. denominated asset, but which is they don't anymore. Which I is which, they, which are treasury treasuries. So they're buying debt, notes, as you say. Yeah, yeah. and I don't. That's I, how they buy our debt, and that's how they, they keep their do, their yen, their currency, artificially low. Yen, no yen's Japanese. Excuse me, yuan. not yen. I'm sorry, yuan. I didn't mean. Yeah, remimbi. All all those dollars look the same to you, don't they? I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> I can't get my facts straight. But uh, anyway, I don't want to like totally geek out on the economic train. The point is, is regardless of what it is, the game will always be the same. Always. It is. A flow needs to be. Am I? Yeah. Am I really approach doing what I'm doing with my life through like with some sort of application of the heart or aren't you? It's like, it's as simple as that. I kid you not. If, oh, yeah. if we did that or, or at least checked in more often, I doubt there would be this much bigotry. There would be this much, uh, malfeasance. Hey, yeah. You know, just misunderstanding. So much of that would just simply just become obsolete because there would, our priorities would change. And we're, we're so close to that already. Basically, the only thing keeping us from doing that are, you know, the governments that keep us infighting with each other so that we don't, you know, have time to realize how butt-fucked we're getting on the other end. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, that's where we can, we have Monty Python and Jim Carrey and <laughs> Bill Hicks to thank for at least giving us some sense of humor. Through yeah. this wild roller coaster, right? And whether it's you know Jim Carrey's escapist slapstick humor, or you know Monty Python and Bill Hicks kind of more uh, timely, relevant, topical, you know, at least uh, you know reflective types of humor. But yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I actually share something? Um, with you and our viewers, it's, it's, I'm going to just forewarn, it's almost 10 minutes, almost, but. As long as we're not going to get sued or fine. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, 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 it's from YouTube and it's something that I really, um, kind of, I take a lot of, I've gotten a lot out of it. Yeah. Let's do it. And I would love, because of just this, com the nature of this conversation alone, I think is, um. I'm game. 
Yeah. So I'll just, if our listeners aren't, they can fast forward. Yeah, I'll preface it a little bit, but um, basically, it's from this book, audiobook called The Tao of Pooh. Yeah. And there's a section or a chapter um, entitled uh, Busy Backson. And the author, Benjamin Hoff, actually takes. Uh, not only Taoist principles, but also the one of the most like even just the simplest examples from um one of the most famous Taoist writers, Zhuangzi. And Zhuangzi? Zhuangzi. Um, Zhuangzi. Yeah. I may be pronouncing it wrong. Zhuangzi. Yeah. Anyway, it's I could spell it, but I'd probably butcher it. Um <laughs> but he takes his his uh his perception of Someone who there was a man who uh, disliked his uh, footprints and his shadow and decided to escape from them. <laughs> when he did, more footprints appeared, and, and his shadow easily kept kept up with him, going faster and faster without stopping until he finally collapsed from an exhaustion and died. And the irony is, if he had stood still, there would have been no footprints. If he had rested in the shade, his shadow would disappear. So it's like. It takes like what we're doing, the obsessive and the, nature it, yeah. of, you know, like when you obsess over something, you don't necessarily make it better. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and this particular part in the chapter um, that I'm about to play is like what seals, it's what seals it for me as far as like knowing what that is and that that part of ourselves that's in us that has the urge or the urgency to constantly stay busy all the time. From this rootless, dissatisfied ancestry has come the Bissy Baxon, who, like his forefathers, has never really felt at home, at peace with this friendly land. Rigid, combative, fanatic that he is, the tight-fisted Baxon is just too hard on himself, too hard on others, and too hard on the world that heroically attempts to carry on in spite of what he is doing to it. It's not surprising, therefore, that the Baxon thinks of progress in terms of fighting and overcoming. One of his little idiosyncrasies, you might say. Of course, real progress involves growing and developing, which involves changing inside, but that's something the inflexible Baxon is unwilling to do. The urge to grow and develop, present in all forms of life, becomes perverted in the Bissy Baxon's mind into a constant struggle to change everything, the bulldozer Baxon, and everyone, the bigoted Baxon else, but himself, and interfere with things he has no business interfering with, including practically every form of life on earth. At least to a limited extent, his behavior has been held in check by wiser people around him. But, like parents of hyperactive children, the wise find that they can't be everywhere at once. Babysitting the Baxons wears you out. Now, one thing that seems rather odd to us is that the Bissy Baxon society, which practically worships youthful energy, appearance, and attitudes, has developed no effective methods of retaining them, a lack testified to by an ever-increasing reliance on the unnatural, false-front approach of cosmetics and plastic surgery. Instead, it has developed countless ways of breaking youthfulness down and destroying it. Those damaging activities that are not part of the search for the great reward seem to accumulate under the general heading of saving time. For an example of the latter, let's take a classic monument to the Bissy Baxon, the hamburger stand. 
In China, there is the tea house. In France, there is the sidewalk café. Practically every civilized country in the world has some sort of equivalent, a place where people can go to eat, relax, and talk things over without worrying about what time it is, and without having to leave as soon as the food is eaten. In China, for example, the tea house is a real social institution. Throughout the day, families, neighbors, and friends drop in for tea and light food. They stay as long as they like. Discussions may last for hours. It would be a bit strange to call the tea house the non-exclusive neighborhood social club. Such terms are too Western, but that can roughly describe part of the function, at least from our rather compartmentalized point of view. You're important. Relax and enjoy yourself. That's the message of the tea house. What's the message of the hamburger stand? Quite obviously, it's you don't count. Hurry up. Not only that, but as everyone knows by now, the horrible hamburger stand is an insult to the customer's health as well. Unfortunately, this is not the only example supported by the saving time mentality. We could also list the supermarket, the microwave oven, the nuclear power plant, the poisonous chemicals. Practically speaking, if time-saving devices really saved time, there would be more time available to us now than ever before in history. But strangely enough. We seem to have less time than even a few years ago. It's really great fun to go someplace where there are no time-saving devices, because when you do, you find that you have lots of time. Elsewhere, you're too busy working to pay for machines to save you time, so you won't have to work so hard. The main problem with this great obsession for saving time is very simple: you can't save time. You can only spend it, but you can spend it wisely or foolishly. The pissy Baxson has practically no time at all because he's too busy wasting it by trying to save it, and by trying to save every bit of it, he ends up wasting the whole thing. Henry David Thoreau put it this way in Walden: "Why should we live with such hurry and waste of life? We are determined to be starved before we are hungry. Men say that a stitch in time saves nine, and so they take a thousand stitches today to save nine tomorrow." For colorful contrast with the youth-destroying pissy backs and society, let's get back to Taoism for a moment. One of the most intriguing things about Taoism is that it not only contains respect for the old and wise, but also for the figure known as the youthful immortal. The Taoist tradition is filled with fascinating stories, fiction, and accounts, fact embellished or otherwise, of those who, while still young, discovered the secrets of life. However, the discoveries were made. The result in each case was the same: a long life of youthful appearance, outlook, and energy. For that matter, Taoist immortals of all age levels have traditionally been known for their young attitudes, appearances, and energies. These were hardly accidental, but resulted from Taoist practices. For centuries in China, the general life expectancy was not much more than forty years, and hardworking farmers and dissipated aristocrats often died even younger than that. Yet countless Taoists lived into their eighties and nineties, and many lived considerably longer. The following is one of our favorite examples. In 1933, newspapers around the world announced the death of a man named Li Chengyang, as officially and irrefutably recorded by the Chinese government, and as verified by a thorough independent investigation. Li had been born in 1677. When over the age of 200. He had given a series of twenty-eight three-hour-long talks on longevity at a Chinese university. Those who saw him at that time claimed that he looked like a man in his fifties, standing straight and tall, 
with strong teeth and a full head of hair. When he died, he was 256 years old. When Lee was a child, he left home to follow some wandering herbalists. In the mountains of China, he learned from them some of the secrets of the earth's medicine. In addition to using various rejuvenative herbs daily, he practiced Taoist exercises, believing that exercise which strains and tires the mind and body shortens life. His favorite way of traveling was what he called walking lightly. The young man who went for walks with him when he was in his later years could not match his pace, which he maintained for miles. He advised those who wanted strong health to sit like a turtle, walk like a pigeon, and sleep like a dog. When asked for his major secret, though, he would reply, Inner quiet. Speaking of that sort of thing, let's return to the house at Pooh Corner. Christopher Robin has just asked Pooh a question. What do you like doing best in the world, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, what I like best. And then he had to stop and think. Because although eating honey was a very good thing to do, there was a moment just before you began to eat it which was better than when you were. But he didn't know what it was called. The honey doesn't taste so good once it is being eaten. The goal doesn't mean so much once it is reached. The reward is not so rewarding once it has been given. If we add up all the rewards in our lives, we won't have very much. But if we add up the spaces between the rewards, we'll come up with quite a bit. And if we add up the rewards and the spaces, then we'll have everything, every minute of the time that we spent. What if we could enjoy it? The Christmas presents once opened are not so much fun as they were while we were in the process of examining, lifting, shaking, thinking about, and opening them. Three hundred sixty-five days later, we try again, and find that the same thing has happened. Each time the goal is reached, it becomes not so much fun, and we're off to reach the next one, then the next one, then the next. That doesn't mean that the goals we have don't count. They do, mostly because they cause us to go through the process, and it's the process that makes us wise, happy, or whatever. If we do things in the wrong sort of way, it makes us miserable, angry, confused, and things like that. The goal has to be right for us, and it has to be beneficial in order to ensure a beneficial process. But aside from that, it's really the process that's important. Enjoyment of the process is the secret that erases the myths of the great reward and saving time. Perhaps this can help to explain the everyday significance of the word Tao, the way. What could we call that moment before we begin to eat the honey? Some would call it anticipation, but we think it's more than that. We would call it awareness. It's when we become happy and realize it, if only for an instant. By enjoying the process, we can stretch that awareness out so that it's no longer only a moment but covers the whole thing. Then we can have a lot of fun, just like Pooh. And then he thought that being with Christopher Robin was a very good thing to do, and having Piglet near was a very friendly thing to have. And so when he had thought it all out, he said, What I like best in the whole world is me and Piglet going to see you, and you saying, What about a little something? and me saying, well, I shouldn't mind a little something, should you, Piglet? And it being a hummy sort of day outside, and birds singing. When we take the time to enjoy our surroundings and appreciate being alive, we find that we have no time to be busy backsons anymore. But that's all right, because being busy backsons is a tremendous waste of time. As the poet Lu Yu wrote, 
The clouds above us join and separate. The breeze in the courtyard leaves and returns. Life is like that, so why not relax? Who can stop us from celebrating? Oh, I've been wanting to share that with you for a long time. I appreciate you bearing with me. There's a lot of wisdom to be had there. Oh my gosh, dude. It's on a whole new level for me anyway. It's, um, yeah, that little part in that chapter changed my life entirely. It was like that moment I finally realized what I was doing to myself. It was like the funniest, but also the most embarrassing, (laughs) like reality. Like, oh, I needed a guy to break down Winnie Pooh to tell me this. Exactly. Yeah. I can't believe I actually got that. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. That I took it, that it got, it took that long. It was just like, damn, like, I can't believe this is what I've been missing out on as far as just having, like he said, that awareness of the process and just having that extra uh, depth and uh, reservoir to tap into. To just really simply appreciate. I mean, the pa- the the lessons about patience, you know, inner quiet, you know, like the yeah. There's there's not a lot of any of that going on in the world right now. You know, people don't have great patience. They don't have great understanding or wherewithal, or you know, at least you know, in the grander scheme of things, you know, like. The ability to take this journey both seriously and lightly at the same time. Exactly. And, and yeah. Like, if you can't do that, then, yeah, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, and I think lightly is a good word because uh, it's like a known um, saying as well to, like, have a light heart. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, you know. it's Be light, lofty, you know, be spriteful be you know take things take things lightly even mm-hmm. if they're heavy i know? find myself i'll like hold on to things and that's the heaviness mm-hmm. it's like you can almost feel the density oh yeah rise like within you oh yeah you know and we were talking last time about electricity and it really kind of like whoa like we are made of electricity it's like the weirdest phenomenon that's happening when when you're upset when you're going through something it's a storm like happening i mean it's like you can feel it as if you're in a thunderstorm oh yeah it's crazy to the point where like if you could strike shit with lightning you'd feel better (laughs) yeah interesting yeah i've never gone that route electroshock therapy no, 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 I'm kidding. No, I'm, I mean, joking. Like, I'm joking. I'm joking. Like if you not could literally actually not. create a, a storm cloud over you and like ah. just dispense some fucking electricity, like it would help. Dude, yeah. That's, that's where that's like, I mean. yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I took it into like a weird <laughs> dark fucking one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Or no, that wasn't one flew over the cuckoo's oh, yeah. nest. It was, yeah. That was actual lobotomizing though, wasn't it? Because I'm thinking of, um, they did I'm thinking of Requiem for a Dream. Oh fuck! Okay, yeah. that shit. Yeah. I'm like traumatized by that movie. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, you know, you don't need to watch it every couple months. Movies. Well, it made me friggin' petrified of needles for the rest of my life. Almost, 
which is definitely like I'll take that, but no, it's sure. like I yeah. had to be traumatized away from it to to really know that that's something that I don't want to do at all. At the core of my being kind of deal. Yeah, that movie was uh it's a trip. Oh, yeah, it is. But dude, you were telling me about your past weekend. Dude, that's got to be fucking a. How oh, long were oh, you yesterday? Looked? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it. Once we pulled onto the interstate, my wife, my wife, the pre- previous night, Friday night, left her cell phone on top of her car and then drove on the interstate, and you know, so we got to go. For a nice stroll down the interstate the next day, looking for it, it it literally took me five minutes to find it. Like it was right where it said it. Thanks was. to that, yeah, that location. But it was feature. it was on a bridge too, and you know if if it had been like two feet further to the right, you know, it easily could have like been run over and flipped into the air, gone off totally. the bridge, and been underneath it. So we kind of like mentally preparing for that possibility but for sure rule out you know the most likely one first and yeah yeah so it the whole thing was cars whizzing by you while you're trying to like identify this thing that's yeah that was only so big i was i was ready to just go lights out like well if one of these hits me at 65 70 i'm not gonna feel much like oh God, I don't even want to think like that. Shit. Oh, like turn around to like look at them just to you know let them know that I'm aware that they're speeding by me, however fast. And yeah, like got onto the bridge and off of it as quickly as possible. And yeah, it took longer for my wife to walk back from where she was looking, which was entirely opposite direction. And uh, then we laughed about it. Nice. Always good to laugh about some of the silliest and and silly, silly or most gullible moments. Yeah, you gotta, you know, you learn from your mistakes and you laugh about them and you move on. Yeah, and when they're funny enough and harmless enough, you you get to laugh about them for years to come, which <laughs> is what I plan on doing with this. They do make great stories hey. for sure. And she's like, "Where's my otter box?" I'm like, "It did its job." <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know how your phone still yeah. works right now? Like, kind of. It's because that otter box like hit the road at. 70 miles an hour. Was that what you were replacing? No, no. She had to go get a new phone. Actual new phone? Yeah. Like, yeah. She, okay. she could read texts. She could maybe make calls. She couldn't answer them. But mm. So, yeah. The phone, the screen was a third fucked, which is Damn, enough. dude. But, hey, you know, enough to find it. And like I said to her, I'm like, hey, you know, think of it as... Uh, you know, two thousand dollar computer that has all of our personal private information on it. Like, yeah, don't leave it on the fucking roof of the car. It's 
There's a reason why the entire inside of the car is like one giant capsule for stuff that can't fall out of. <laughs> like that's where you put things. Yeah, get it, get it, get it that far before you. Yeah, do much. I mean, it's it's that's the thing. Like I've left weird stuff on the top of my car. Never, oh, sure. never a phone, but weird. Everybody's stuff. done it. Yeah, but when you do it, like seven times a decade. On average, let's be soft on it. But, uh, yeah, it's, don't, like, get pockets, get something. Don't fucking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, mine, mine's been broken for a while, and I'm getting to the point where I may have to actually replace the screen, like, for real. If it, if they, if it's replaceable at this point, I don't know. That's the stupid side of me. Go, I kind of liked go it. Go down broken. to the African dudes in uh, Montpelier. They'll re- replace it. Like take them like three days. Are they up and running? Bucks. Ooh, that's a good point. Probably not. Because that was the thing. Like I was planning on going to Montpelier, yeah, making an appointment or not. whatever, and yeah, then then the flood happened. So might be somebody up at the mall that does it too. I don't know. I've definitely gotten things like batteries changed. Yeah. Um. Over at, it was like South Burlington, um, off of Route 2, I believe. I've had the screen replaced. Like right around the corner, right around the corner from Higher Ground or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the Cheese Trader place. Yeah. But, uh. It's always like a African or Middle Eastern guys running that place that, for some reason, they're really good at, you know, just. Yeah. Refurbing phones. Like. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Beats the hell out of going through Apple. To replace that shit. There's like highway robbery of the ass, man. Yeah. It's like Tara's phone was going to cost her $700 more if she didn't let them either sell her another phone, an iPad, or an iWatch. It's like, and, you know, those are free. As long as you're willing to pay the $20 a month on top. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you're telling me for $20 a month, and these things are only going to last for a year and a half because all your updates fucking kill all, all your software updates kill all of your fucking hardware. I have the eight going on strong. <laughs> Do you accept all <laughs> your crazy. updates? Uh, From time to time, yeah. Eventually, I know it'll age out for sure. And most of that aging is like, yeah, every update like basically overwhelms the processor to yeah. the, like, and the storage it just takes up too much fucking storage that's you, just that's just the reality it's like kind of built into they knew what they were doing if you're in the central vermont area and you're looking for a special souvenir to take home and share with your friends and neighbors humbiant fermentary's got you covered humbiant fermentary produces craft batches of hard cider from the heart This wild fermented cider is a tribute to the depth and complexity of how intertwined we are with the flora and fauna of the ecosystem. In our attempt to be humble stewards of the biosphere, as humbiance, we offer this taste of microsymbiotic flavors to your gut biome. By forming an alliance with our microbiome, we simultaneously forge a partnership with nature in her wonderful beauty and simplicity of which we are inseparable participants capable of co-creating a world worth living in. Nature is the way. Cheers. Planned obsolescence. Yeah, in terms of 
the consumer economy that we have we can't really get around get around that unfortunately it's kind of stupid but um i watched a great comedy special yesterday uh you know matt and shane's secret podcast yeah yeah matt mccusker of matt and shane's secret podcast he released his first like full hour special right on and he released it right on youtube it's called speed of light sweet fucking great i want to write that down there's a great name. couple moments in it that there's like, holy shit, this man is, he's a shaman. They call him the young shaman for a reason. <laughs> right on. Yeah, dude. Um, a lot of cool shit happening these days in the comedy world. Because people need to laugh now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know... Go out and see people and be around people and, you know, enjoy an experience together. It's like, yeah, we're, we're being discouraged of it and uh, we can't let it discourage us. No, no fun here. Yeah. Go home and have fun and pretend you're all together. Yeah. Well, there's so many versions of it and so many people get kind of addicted to a specific one. But then eventually that that specific one that they felt like was the thing that they loved to do before just doesn't have the same like satisfaction or um, like sort of uh, just reinforcement, basic reinforcement of why you're why you're listening to whatever you're listening to or watching or doing whatever you're doing. Like it's it could be anything. And I think part of that could be, you know, like. That could just be you and I getting old, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about, I think, anyway. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of there, because there's so much, um, there's so much divide just everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it's just like that itself has become the politic, the body politic in terms of like that argument, like that people have to have like some reason to argue and it's no like, like we're being forced to focus on our differences instead of our similarities yeah. yeah yeah i think that's part of it just because god like i i kind of i feel bad because and... i i kind of like um sort of like blew up at i won't say what family member but a family member that means a lot to me at them because they continued to play this stupid fucking like race card it's like that's like one of the my biggest triggers is playing the race card because it's such a there's such a uh like a knee-jerk reaction to take an anti-racist stance but in my view and i let them finish what they're saying i do but then there's a point where i just get pissed off and i start cutting people off because i know where they're going with this and as soon as that anti-racist line gets crossed and they hammer down on it it's like you're doing exactly the same thing like it's the polar opposite of why these cycles exist it's like what we were talking about what was it last last week or i think it was just our last session about there being like two suns but one's one's invisible total darkness Possible. and and yeah. Yeah, as a, as a as a speculative like imaginative uh, exercise, if that were the case, and we live in a d 
dualistic universe already binary solar system then it you know it's just like how do you not like it's the same emotional charge when you take a strong stance against something rather than just like being like oh no you know what i'm just gonna do what makes me happy and back off of this and not start an argument you know what i mean like it's like that instigating uh mentality whether it's like just to stir up some shit because there was this so i'll give some background on this there was some fucking douchebag whoever that emailed or posted something on like a front porch forum or whatever like a forum an open thing open page yeah yeah about like hey let me know who like what white group like kids that i can have my kids play with and it was like some sort of retaliating uh measure that this person took because there's like the minority that do the same thing right 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 you know like whether whether that's he was just pointing out how ridiculous it sounds to say you know i only want my kids of any ethnicity playing with kids of the same ethnicity. Yeah, which I yeah. think I don't I don't think that that's right. Like we shouldn't be doing it out of spite if we're doing anything like that at all. But the point is is like You think he was being satirical though in the sense that he wasn't actually looking for a playgroup for his I don't you know, know an only white playgroup for yeah, his kid. I don't he know. was just pointing out like the Sorry. like the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, I don't know what his intentions were, if it was legitimate and he actually even had mm. kids in the first place. Who knows? Like, this right, was just right. some random, as far as I know, this was just a random troll that wanted to stir the pot. And it got, like, my, you know, my family, like, my the person in this ex- uh, example, like, to the point where they, like, gave it right back to them or like took a stance against how this is like this they, is so... they, they took the bait yes yeah exactly yep. and then they couldn't figure out why i was against it even though i'm not for it either right, right. <laughs> so it's like i couldn't i couldn't even find my footing in this thing and i exploded right what we've what we've gone what we've what's happened is we've gone so far into the be pro diversity pot that it's it's going around to its self segregation in the sense you know like like we're so diverse that we only you know yeah there's it's it's fucking upside down world yeah man it felt like it um yeah so that was that was one of those examples that we've talked about before, but things like the lessons in this uh, book of five rings, you become what you hate. And yeah. At and the, end and of the day, the Tao. Yeah. If you, it's like, hyper it's focus so, on it. Yeah. I just want, I, I get so, I guess caught up in, Oh, they don't get it. So I'm pissed. I'm just chalking it up into that because yeah, it's not, yeah. it's more nuanced than that. Obviously totally, it's like but... a whole process of, of whirlwind of, like I said, I, it's not that I have a heavy heart. It's like you pile on this thing, this like emotional charge that gets charged up and it's like, gotta go somewhere. And then, you know, it comes out and a lot of the times it can be ugly, but I like your example of like, just fucking, it could be fucking going outside and just letting her rip or well you wish you could just to like you know shoot electricity from your fingers to just discharge yourself you know? yeah whatever that is yeah 
And it's like, right. And go hit some targets or you go need, run a chainsaw or go like stretch or whatever. You, yeah, you need to do something to, you know, get your mind to the point where it can actually like function clearly again. Yeah. And whatever that is for you, you know. And I like to sort of try to pick those moments to remind myself of things like the silliness of the Monty Python spirit <laughs> and things like um, just remembering that it doesn't matter if they don't get it as long as you get it because whether you like it or not, you are on your own. Yep, yep, yep. And you have to be able to simply embrace and make peace and accept things as they are in order to give yourself enough space to to exist in the first place I think. yeah i i was doing that today actually like on our way to lunch me and my wife are hanging out with one of my very close family members very dear loved one and you know getting up there in age and uh they don't hear so well anymore, and they don't quite understand the things that they do hear, and, you know, like, think, like, everything's an inside joke against them because they can't fucking hear anything, and, like, the entire experience is, you know, it's good because you're with a loved one, but it's also, like, discouraging to see, like, you know any sort of minor decline in somebody you care about, but, like, when it's, when it's so, like, social-oriented in such a social world where you're like, okay, you know, like, you're missing out on so much. Like, this person just, there's no way they can keep up with what's going on in the world. And mm. nor sh should most of us, I mean, most of us should try more too yeah but and you know but some people only have so much capacity and like to watch that capacity dwindle and like i'm sitting in the back seat and my wife can see me through the rear view mirror she's driving and you know we're talking with our family member she's riding shotgun and it's like, like every 30 seconds, I'm just like dropping my head in like exhaustion and despair and, mm. you know, discouragement. I'm just like, ugh. And, but in my head, I know that if there was a fourth wall, it would be hilarious, you know, and just, <laughs> it's not hilarious to us in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost like we have to pick and choose what we're willing to let in enough to simply recycle that as something that is worth holding on to in the first place. Or I don't know. It's what, it's kind what, of a tricky. Yeah, you can't. It's like you can't let everything fully affect you. Yeah, you know? and and it's sometimes it's uncontrollable because it's so it's coming from such a reactive place because that's such a hardwired. Uh, process that you know this person does that and that hate i hate that about that person and that just triggers things to why am i worrying about that thing that this person is doing why does it trigger me so much i mean it just there's a point there comes a point where 
So I was just talking about my wife about uh, to my wife about this the other day when it comes to like I want to just be a nicer person. Oh yeah. Like how do I just be That's the goal. Yeah. Like I find it challenging these days based on a lot of the reasons you just uh described in your own experience as well like the just the sheer like disappointment or disillusionment of having to disencouragement yeah it's a total uh deflating thing while at the same time it's also packing on all that charge it's like this battery yeah yeah. and it's it's not a good charge either you know yeah it's you know it's certainly not the type of charge that leads to more compassion you know i mean it it can but it doesn't necessarily in a lot of people and especially this day and age where people's ability to remember things or their ability to ha- even have the patience to listen to something is dwindling mm-hmm. yeah and that's like part of me is like just be tolerant <laughs> at the very least just try to be tolerant because um, there isn't enough of that patience these days. There's so much like everything kind of happening so quick and you want things to be what they need, you know, to be in your mind right now. And like, that's all you think about. You're consumed with that. And also when you're in a rush too, which most people are these days, you know, they're, they're already in that mindset of like, I don't have time for this, you know? So like, exactly. I hear that just a cordial conversation, you know, or, you know, a cordial interaction, Mm. you know, is it's wasting their time. They, they don't have time for this. You know, it's like, Oh, well that person was just trying to be nice to you, you know? And yeah, you're a dickhead for not recognizing that. Yeah, they're they're at the end of the day we got to be okay with the choices we make. And that's the hard part is trying to keep that bandwidth to allow it to endure those difficult situations to be able to just, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do what I care about for me and to hell with this person who can't see that or whatever. Cuz it's not it's not them, it's you. We were talking about the simulation theory recently and like being your own main character right and non-player characters npcs uh having a specific role in from the vantage point of the main character but you you alone are the main character and should be it's not a narcissistic thing to be the main character necessarily well, no, and but, and you know we live in the type of fucking quantum universe we're finding out where you can have eight billion universes existing in one bigger universe, you know, and that's kind of how it is, dude. Yeah, that's the like that is the weirdest one of the weirdest parts about this uh, this universe we live in is we're living in so many different ones simultaneously. Mm, yep. Because there's other people's and their their baggage and their uh, idiosyncratic. Can you imagine being like, I mean, there's there's indigenous tribes out there that we haven't even fucking discovered yet. You know, we don't even know about. And it's like, God, how 
nice that must be for them. For them. <laughs> you know, like, right. oh my God. Like, just, so all you do is you go fishing every day and, I mean, you've figured out how to, you know, ferment coconut water and, yeah, you live in tiki huts on a beach. That sounds terrible. Do you, you need a cell phone. You know, like, yeah, here, this will solve everything for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Like, fucking A. I, I've always had kind of a, I've always wanted to kind of like audit a typical Amish person, Amish person. Like tax-wise? No, 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 no. <laughs> Excuse me. That, that came out way wrong. Uh, <laughs> thank you for calling me out on that. No, like audit as in like just shadow them. Oh, okay, okay. I, I looked at it as like shadowing a class as if I was there to learn something. But like just the ability to just simply have an ins- uh, an inside front seat on what they what they do and, and the, how they how they live because and that's not even going back that far as far as you know how no, they live not at all know? but you're, they you're talking pre electricity basically but they're yeah and they're not attached to uh, some degree to yeah. the electronics uh. and I think it is like that electronic thing like okay so I'm gonna tie it back to this book. Uh, the science of self empowerment and previous book, I think as well by the same author, Greg Braden, where he talks okay, a lot about but... how we end up creating, um, what is already exists, what already exists inside of us. And so our external creations are basically reflections of who we are and where we're at consciously. And what we were what we do to cope with our inability to basically self-direct our own agency and uh, consciousness and awareness, whatever you want to call it, um, is because we have created these to do it for us, even though all of this already exists inside and we just don't know how to access it. I and definitely, so, yeah. I believe there's a lot of truth to that. Like, I think these things are becoming so much of a crux that one day, man, like when when we're caught off guard and we're not ready for a change, a massive change, a global shift, it's gonna, dude, it's gonna be. And it doesn't take much for that shift either. A global EMP shit. I mean, they could right. literally just switch off the internet and. You know, there goes, there goes your, if you're one of those people that you have a hard time putting your phone down or, you know, not looking at it every five minutes, it's like, it might be a good idea to start working on breaking that habit. Yeah. Like, don't be so reliant on it. And not only that, but like, you know, don't sign up for every app that lets you, you know do more things with your phone and less things with fucking cash because like that's one thing that's pushing us towards this CBDC, you know, central bank digital currency. And, you know, more and more people are like, Oh, I can just wave my phone in front of this thing and I don't need to even carry a card and I don't even need to really have a bank account. I just need a phone. It's like we're, we're halfway there already yeah. and it's and some regions have it a chip or a tattoo on their wrist yeah 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 and 
and they're incentivizing people you know like oh yeah if you like literally in uh i think it was australia like yeah if you if you get this you know id chip in you that has like all of your bank account information all of your personal information your driver's license your medical history everything about you all right there it's like yeah if if you know you just get this chip in your arm and you can walk through the grocery store and ah, and, and if and if you let us put it in you well you get a they literally said you get a free cookie <laughs> and it was an actual <laughs> government fucking advertisement i forget oh what God, region of dude. australia but that is priceless fucking cookie they're baiting people with cookies well it's just like the fucking covid vaccines when they're like oh hey you know come into shaw's and if you get your covid vaccine we'll give you 10 percent off your grocery bill like fuck you guys like that's in literal insult to injury yeah i think they do they did that and they also do it with the, the flu shot too oh yeah and don't they yeah and you know most of the people that get the flu shot or most of the people that got the flu had the shot too. Yeah, so. every I find every time I get the flu shot. Now I'm not okay. Full disclosure: I'm not technically anti-vaccination. Anyone can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm, yeah. pro, I'm yeah. more pro-choice than anything as totally. far as personal totally. whatever you're putting in your body and all that. But I you personally can't tell anybody what to do. Yeah, at yeah. The end of the day, yeah. So I'm not like fuck vaccinations. That's not right. my, my thing. Um, I'm more. Like, it's my experience has been every time I've gotten the shot, I've always gotten the thing that I was supposed to be trying to prevent. Yep, yep. Yeah, and part of me is like, it kind of reminds me of that busy Baxen mentality of like, we have to constantly tweak and tamper with nature to make things more suit or fitable, uh, suitable uh, or fit for us in our reality. It's like, we're imposing so much of our values, our 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 uh, our bias. Like Hunter S said, politics is the art of controlling your environment. You know? Yeah, man, I find that so true. Only because we're social creatures, we are going to have a herd mentality, whether we like it or not, to some degree. And as long as that herd is like they're not like no one's getting fucking directly slaughtered right in front of you you're generally speaking the vast majority will go with the herd i mean yes but i think there's different types of people there's you know herd mentality there's hive mind there's pack mentality and then there's loners you of know? course and, yeah i don't want to just lump them into specific categories but you're but. you're right i mean you couldn't have hive mind or herd mentality if it weren't for the majority being that way you know if you didn't have a majority you wouldn't have a big herd would you right yeah because i know dude can you hear the echo i don't know what they're oh it's the weed whacker that they're doing chainsaw is it a chainsaw something yeah you can kind of hear it and i smell faintly it. smell it too yeah um yeah sorry about the buzzing in the background i can almost hear it a little bit i'm trying to adjust the master kind of anyway whatever we can start throwing things at him if we need to (laughs) 
Yeah, man, and they bitched about my alarm going off all the time. Which, granted, it was annoying as hell. Which alarm? Every time the wind would blow, the sensory alarm right here, the sensor would okay. go off, and it was like constant on a windy day. And so I changed the setting to only go off at night. And it has gone off. Not that one back there, the one that they were complaining about, but this one is a little bit further away from their, their quarters. But it was like this anonymous thing. But I know it was them because they, I checked in with them just to be like, hey, did you guys leave a note? And they were like, no, definitely not us. And uh, Yeah. But anyway. To neighbors. Neighbors. That's, Love thy neighbor. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. But like on that note, it's um, like, what, what do you know as far as like, so there's a certain discipline in being able to have tolerance of the speak of the devil, tolerance of others or whatever, more patience. I feel like there's enough wisdom in things like Bushido and um book of five rings like to sort of unpack start to unpack some of those um i mean there's a lot sets. a lot of you know nature derived uh points of philosophy with it you know where certain aspects of human nature you can't hold against humans you know it's like like yeah sucks that we're like this but we are and you know you can't you can't be angry at somebody for something they can't help you know and somebody can't help if they can't they're not able to you know see you're not gonna you know scorn them for being blind you know like right of course um, not um every every individual you meet has their own set of limitations and abilities and you know talents and yeah it's like but also there's not enough time in the world to be able to give every one of those characters uh you know you know a fledging fleshing out you know in the sense of like you know even if you want to be friends with everybody you don't have time and you just just the fact that you need to eat and sleep you know yeah you you can make the best of those times with you know each individual but you also have to accept that you know no matter how much you want to know about that person there's still so much you don't know about yourself you know so it's like working inwards to be able to work outwards and Yeah, like that's so true. I mean, I I find that that's kind of the essence of stuff like this right here. I'm holding up a book of the Book of Five Rings. Miyamoto Musashi. Thank you. Yeah, Miyamoto Musashi, and 
powerful book that influenced so many um, martial artists and yeah, strategists of yeah, all types. Exactly. Yeah, and it's you know it's right up there with the Tao Te Ching or uh, you know the Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah. You know it's. I'm looking for the original published. 1645, he died. 1645? I think that's what it said, yeah. Passed? Okay. Anyway, this is, yeah, a real treat, and I appreciate you actually referring this to me, bro. This is, like, part of my research for this new book that I'm working on. Ah. And um, I'm, I'm a long way away from actually being able to start implementing the outline, but this is all part of the outline. You know, stuff like this. So I'm going to devour this. And well, it's also, you know, you can devour it and it's also a great reference forever. You know, it's one of those timeless tomes. Yeah. Of, you know, wisdom. Yeah. That, yeah. Having it on hand is puts you, you know, at a slight advantage over people who've never heard about it. Slight, at, at, at least. Yeah, I mean, again, we're just working with the forces of nature here, and I find that this book was a perfect uh, example of just, like, kind of taking that principle and stretching it to, like, from what I've researched so far, I just love how, they, how he divided it into the different elements. The four scrolls, yeah. Yeah, and just, <clears throat> yeah, how it applies to what we can do in our own lives to uh, basically um, have those things work to our advantage rather than our like disadvantage or we're going against the grain and we're straining too much. Like there's a way, there's a way up over or around any of those things at any given time. We just have to know how to work with that, uh, with that, that energy body that we're, we're having to develop a relationship with it. Mm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you need to be able to swim upstream when you need to be able to. Yes. But, you know, also know when to save your energy, when to go with the flow. But only only dead fish go downriver all the time. Yeah. Perfect, perfect way of putting it because the, the sort of how what I've gotten from this book so far is like the, there are these different, very specific contexts that he's talking about and you can't overstretch those contexts to match everything all the time. Necessarily. A lot of it can be translated to so many different uh, schools of thought and situations, but Applied for the most circumstances yeah, and scenarios, totally. for the most part, you, you have to keep, Keep it in uh, in context of what it's actually talking about. And then the essence of that is timeless. That applies to so many other situations, just not the same outcome from I mean, it's what a, you're doing it in. Right. And in that sense, it's a great example of how, you know, the microcosm or the macrocosm reflects the microcosm. You know, it's like, you know, if you look. You look at a diamond under a molecular microscope, the molecules look 
diamond shaped, you know? Like, you fly over a city, what's it look like? looks like a fucking tumor, you know, Mm. in the middle of the rest of the landscape. But, yeah, like, the, I mean, maybe it's part of, like, the whole hermetic principles of, you know, like, as above, so below. Maybe it's, no, it's probably not coincidence. Well, yeah, I mean, there's those amazing, like, uh, CGI productions where they'll zoom in into that fractal realm of just like layer after layer no matter where you go in the pattern is uh basically in terms of the math the same but it's always like this different design replicative of itself yeah the mandelbrots well yes yeah that's a great example but then you apply it to like the like the neurons in the brain Mm. and like it's the cgi like computerized like simulated like tour of with deeper and deeper within the atoms of that make you you basically if you were to zoom out and go beyond that you could um you it would look like the same thing just on a much much larger scale like a galaxy that's interacting with other galaxies and shit like that and um just no, yeah. She was just putting food out for the birds. I'll I'll give that to them. Did you want to take a quick break? How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm fine. No, I was just making sure you didn't need to. Tend, no, thank tend you. To something. Yeah, no, she's good. Um, but yeah, dude, it's a fucking vast universe out there, and I I I love. I can fully appreciate all of the different perspectives of what it is because we really just don't know. Like, unless we're, you know, this, like, have this, like, out-of-body experience and we can basically come into that cosmic space of where you can see how it all operates from a much, much larger sense of reality. But really, the, 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 the game is never changes. Like, no matter what, those, those bits of energy, whatever that is, that's, that's constantly being... Uh, recycled and exchanged and, and, you know, re-recycled and re-exchanged. It just, the cycle or the game is always the same. And it's, it's also, I like how you say the game because you have to play it, you know, like if you, if you freak out on it and you quit and you flip the table, like chances are you got to do it all over again. But if you at least try and play, it's like, one of the things that makes me chuckle and not necessarily in like a happy way, but in like a, oh man, what a big, uh, what a big terrifying, but hilarious joke this all is. But it's like the older you get and the longer you play this game, the more you start to realize that you don't know all the rules and you, you know, like, (laughs) i love that yeah dude no you're right that's that's definitely no way to know all the rules and i think forgetting that we don't know all the rules is a lot of the times the people who get caught up in those loops of binary uh argumented like 
Like, no, we've got this figured out. This is how things are, and this right. is the only thing that matters. And it's like, no, no, whatever no, no, your no, stance no, 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 no. is, you couldn't. Yeah, it doesn't like, even matter. It's like this doesn't matter at all, and that's why they want you concerned with it. You know, because what matters is like the spiritual war that's being fucking mm. waged against you that you don't even know about. The spiritual war, dude. It's, I mean, spiritual war, psychic war. You know. Actual physical war in the sense of, you know, how we're, our tax dollars are paying to poison us via our environment and then, you know, blame it on climate change so that, you know, they're able to extort more rights from us and hopefully get a quicker next lockdown. How they use our money against us to uh. extort us from our, you know, yeah, because meanwhile, there's a currency war happening. Oh, yeah, that too, right. And ultimately, yeah. because economics is basically just energy exchange, like, from one individual to the next, that's why the economy... Goods and services. Yeah. We we passed on the uh, way to, from my brother's place down the hill and to where the cottages are that we were working on the stonework, the stone wall. Uh, we passed a uh, little, like, flush or whatever like in the ground like sproutage of some mycoheterotrophs which is also known as the ghost pipe oh i love ghost pipe yeah and it's uh, i've never heard it called that what is it it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a group of of uh plants that belong to a very like they're not mushrooms but they're not really <clears throat> i mean they are vegetation technically so you know like we've talked about how fungi can basically uh Take colonize take over things yeah, yeah like animals like ants colon ant colonies even like cicadas yeah and um it's just they have a very uh dynamic interdynamic history with animal life to begin with but even more so with plant life because first of all you have things like lichen and um symbiotic colonies of like a photosynthesize photosynthesizing organism Half fungus, a, half vegetation almost. And something that can digest rock. Yeah. Something that can actually turn rock into soil. Turn mineral and water into, and produce yeah. water and things like this, like and, and allow allow plants to take hold on land. Like it's how almost create soil yeah. out of rock. Yeah. yeah through, through through a photosynthesizing uh osmosis almost. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And through this the power of like that dual role and relationship like one role is to like extract energy from the sun and use it to uh, for biological function and this these mycoheterotrophs has actually lost the ability to do that Micro so what they mycoheterotrophs mycoheterotrophs if i'm saying it per correctly i just know it's a, it's not just ghost pipe that exists in this way it's i think a few others and for, that's why they're called. for everybody who's unfamiliar with ghost pipe Give a brief description of it. Yeah, it almost looks like fiddlehead ferns, in a way. Except like white like and fuzzy tall. at first. <clears throat> yeah, and they look like like they're like a like a lampshade, and, and they're, they're all, all white, and they're almost translucent, but they've got like a black inner core. Yeah, they're pretty dark uh, purple. They're pretty ephemeral. Like you can miss them in the woods. Have you ever eaten them? No, not personally. They've got a mild hallucinogenic effect. Oh really? And they glow in the dark. I didn't know as that. well. Oh, they're, those ones glow in the dark. The, yeah. Holy shit! Ghost pipe. You know they're mildly uh, 
autoluminescent or whatever. Dude, that's awesome. I got to go out there at night and check it out, man. It takes, like, I bet it won't even come up well with the pic, with uh, the camera, like taking the picture. They're actually really tasty. They taste kind of like celery almost, and they almost feel like celery. But uh, Interesting. It's like I ate probably 15 one night, and it definitely had like a relaxing, slightly euphoric effect. And then our buddy Harold, he made a tincture out of no shit. a bunch of them. Does it have medicinal I properties? Mean, or? It's definitely like, I mean, there's probably a little pain reliever. There's a little anti-anxiety, like, but That's yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, it, and I learned about them through Merlin Sheldrake's work because okay. he does a lot of, he has a PhD in like, um, in biology but he did his thesis in uh the tropics and studied mycorrhizal uh yep. networks and yep. um the different types of mycorrhizal fungi that basically create forests and stuff and like entire landscapes and how, how they live um like in association with plant life in general and basically what well, the way he describes them is fantastic he's like Basically, you see socialism in the in the uh, in the ecosystem, but it's like it's a dynamic that's based only in that sense of what the fungi values in exchange for whatever services it's able to provide. Because it can't provide, it doesn't photosynthesize. Right. right. So it, it's 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 actually on life support via the fungal uh, network in in the soil. So the, the, it's like a tax on the ecosystem because it's not pulling its weight through photosynthesis. But what it's providing other than photosynthesis. Other than chemical, yeah. Right. Like So what Sheldrake is, uh, has been on record in saying is like there could be something, as you say, something else other than chemical. And what he speculates is uh, shelter for the fungus because he... He had a like a psychedelic experience that he describes where he was trying to solve this riddle about mycoheterotrophs in general because it didn't like I said they're ephemeral they're apparently medicinal too they're unique and uh how why the fungus would like continue that cycle what what good is it doing to the environment and he pictured himself as like in the in that talk about microcosm fractal of existence in the soil how it was this like bustling wilderness and it's it was like a, a wild west a jungle down there that you could you had to like fend for yourself own and, series of super highways almost yeah, yeah and the fungus just in its own like creative wisdom timeless wisdom which has always been striking associations that's literally how it's designed so it's it's all networking. about interconnect interconnectedness. Yeah, networking. Yeah. And so somehow the micro the, he speculates because it's sh of shelter. He just it's a it's an escape from it's a it's a way for the fungus to seek refuge. I mean, it does. It's just another thing that adds credence to the whole stoned ape theory, too. Oh boy, yeah. And that there's so much. So much there. I'm not sure if we'll have the time to get into the full spectrum no, of that. No, not tonight. No. That sounds like an excellent, um, like, 
segment just in and of itself. That's like, yeah, man. I mean, people are pretty familiar with it at this point, too. For sure. And if you're not, basically, it's the it's it's a hypothesis rather than a theory, um, yeah. just because it's it hasn't been technically proven through science well, just yet. Theories but. haven't either. That's why they're still theories. Yeah, I think it's like they qualify it in a very strict way. Of yeah. Like you saw, it's a provable thing. It's a hypothesis that you can actually physically have a proof to. I guess. So right. theoretically, things happen, but not like until they're actualized. Do they actually happen? Right. Like, thing, I think. like we, like gravity is still a theory. We know that there's some force there keeping us down, whether it's actually gravity or not. But you know, the theory of that there's something keeping us down is pretty provable because here we exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. Know? In that same in that same idea now you would think that people who have that all figured out that nature has everything that it needs like merlin sheldrake's dad he's also has his phd in biology and he came up with the morphogenic field uh by he actually used the influence of a uh biologist who um basically speculated going again going back to right back to fungi the things that make up mycelium, the uh, thread-like cells are made up of hypha over and over again. And all of fungi matter, fungal matter, is um, made up of more and more hypha. And so when you have a mushroom that sprouts, doesn't matter what species it is, it's all hypha. Right, like we're carbon-based in that sense. And, yeah, and the mystery is how is that possible because usually what you can do is you can trace genetic through genetic sequencing you can actually trace back like what what proteins and amino acids and things like that build up to the point where that's that mushroom because that's that mushroom right so yeah. it's all it's all hypha the basic building blocks versus you know the Know, the macros versus the micros which basically. is the argument that there's a memory in nature and it's also the argument that it's not like there has to be an architect to build the 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 structure so there's something that's like invisible a genetic memory yeah uh, yeah if there is such a thing well i mean that is i mean that's yeah it's you know, mitochondria w within, you know, one lifetime can change enough to where even within half that lifetime, it affects the next life after it. You know, if 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 that genetic change actually gets passed on, you know, so, yeah, like because they can pick up and drop genes as they please, like the mitochondria, right? Well, it's yeah, you know, if. Or maybe not the mitochondria, but bacteria. The, the, mito the mitochondria, you know, basically, you know, your your cells, how they replicate, you know, it's the the messaging to them that, hey, you know, the next time you replicate, you need to replicate a little differently. So it's, you know, minor changes within one lifetime, but, you know, throughout enough lifetimes of that happening in one, you know, genetic, you know, lineage, it's... That's, you know, how those changes happen. 
but not obviously all changes. Some of them are a lot longer and some of them are a lot more drastic. Dude, you just like opened the floodgates for me. That was, that was beautiful. Yeah. Dude, no, for real though. Cause it's, it really is. It's like, that's, that's part of it. Cause I don't know what else is, how else would it possibly, you could like just, it's in terms of developing as a biological agent. It's like, you have to be able to adapt and um, constantly be in the moment in order to respond according to what you're given. That's how we, And yeah. you have to be able to, yeah. That's how we got here anyway. So yeah. I don't think that's what's happening now. Well. You know, for, not for most people anyway. I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, it comes back to how much energy are they really putting into whatever it is to develop or also, to keep going. Yeah. Like what, what, you know, what they're aware of, what their, you know, abilities allow them to, you know, actually change their environments and, you know, their ability to accept that, you know, not everything can be, you know, manipulated at least directly you know not with your own hands time and space become a factor in affecting some problems you know anytime i get that sense that it'll all it'll simply be what it's going to be and it'll be all right that's where the you old, can kind of recenter your awareness to think what the old saying that the future is always perfect you know because it's always exactly what it was supposed to be you know no matter whether you like it or not but it really depends on you know what people do in the present for to sure. create that future you know yeah well as watts said there's no future that is absent from any future now as far as like the future that exists yeah it only exists in terms of right now. So later on in that book that I played, which again, I don't know if that violates any like copyright shit. I wanted to share that because that's like, that's where I feel like that these things kind of come back to living in the present because our happiness starts and ends right now. We can choose to be happy in certain respects of right. whatever's right. happening. I so mean, it's like certain regards, like, you know, certain circumstances. It's like, if you're happy about it, then you're probably deranged. You know, like if you're on fire and you're happy about it. Yeah. And I appreciate that perspective for sure. Cause, um, there's a way to make the best of any circumstance, but exactly. That's not it. Yeah. Making the best of it with blinders on, you still are a blind, like you're blind to certain, certain rhythms that are happening. And if it's, you're finding that it's becoming harder and harder to stay happy, then maybe that's your body telling you something. If you're trying to convince yourself to be happy about being on fire, 
stop, drop, and roll, and then see how you feel, and maybe be happy about that. Yeah. Take some ownership and respond accordingly. I need to do that. I find myself, you know, critiquing what I'm doing as far as that, because I feel like I'm not quite there yet. You should be your own, you know, worst, worst critic, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, nobody knows you like you, so, yeah. It's like, if you want to be able to grow, you have to be able to listen to that voice inside of you saying, hey, hey, jackass, hey, hey, dipshit. And, you know, but listen to them, take their advice, but don't let them beat you up either. You know, like know when to stop listening to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that can be hard. Yeah. Because the feedback is always coming from somebody who you care about the feedback, where it's coming from. For whatever reason you do, you may not know why. But finding a way to just simply learn how to coexist. You got to take the good and the bad. We can't only have like a beautiful, like, that's, I think, where you get a lot of people who are just blindly happy about stuff. And then they're really, what they're doing, it could be potentially just suppressing something that's building. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're just, you know, going along with, you know, whatever. And yeah. Yeah. I think, like you said, Earlier in this conversation, I think it's healthy to go let off steam, whatever that looks like, somehow. Allow yourself to as long as it's, discharge. As long as it's in a healthy way. As yes. long as it's in a healthy way, you know, of course. Not like the Gilgo Beach murder. You know, like, no, no. And none of the crazy, like, <laughs> don't take know. it out on your loved ones either. What? Right. Like, you know, like, be a vent for your loved ones when they need it. And, you know, hopefully they return the favor but that definitely doesn't mean like take your day out on them and you know like they're not a punching bag yeah exactly they're just they're a confidant they're you know it's like we we used to live in a time when you know we we had enough direct intimate socialization where You didn't need a therapist because, you know, like all the people that knew you the best and all the people that you trusted the most had the time to actually like lend an ear Mm -hmm. if needed. Mm -hmm. You know, like now it's like people have four therapists and six fucking meds that they're on just to like be able to pretend to be an actual functioning human being. There is a growing body of folks like that kind of goes back to that survey that i had talked about Here, that, where they chain smoking. took it we all have our vices though i think it's just it's like there are different versions of how you can sort of self-heal because ultimately we are our greatest uh shaman it's like we can only take the step towards healing something deep within ourselves uh, sort of an inner trauma that happened ages ago. Because I contend with the fact that, or my, I should say my contention is that I think that the, what we're seeing today is a, morpho, is a morphic resonance that is trying to tell, it's consciousness trying to tell us something about ourselves, that something is not okay, something is off. And then, okay, why is it off? 
what can I do about it and how? Right. And how do I change? It? And it's up to each individual as an individual to take ownership and do that themselves. You know, like for sure. You can't you can't just get into a group of 50,000 people and yell about it and expect everybody to change minds. You know, like right. you yeah, can't say what you want. You have to explain how to get there. It's like it's it's the old it's the old saying. You know, don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a solution. Uh huh. You know, and yeah, <laughs> yeah there's fucking problems everywhere. I have. Like, yeah, everybody's oh my got God, their problems. Dude. You know, well, with work, that's always what it is. It's nothing but problems. Rarely do I do people come to me with an actual solution. Yeah, some of my best employees come to me with solutions. Right, but they'll be like, "Hey, the I noticed majority. this, but I figured if we if we do this, then we can blah blah blah." Yeah, it's like. Awesome. Do that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's it's coming back to not necessarily about like people aren't necessarily like stupid and only stupid. No. We're competent yet we're not like really living up to that competency and that potential to we're capable take that we're capable but we're not necessarily competent. I would say. Yeah, you could say that. You know, we're, you know, our abilities would be there if we had the competency, but, you know, we only have the capability and not the, you know, the rest of the cocktail. Ergo, that's why we have fucking... Is that why we have lawyers? No. That's mm. why we have governments to step in and say, it's okay, we'll make things all better. No, yeah, I mean, the governments just make the the disconnect between competency and capability greater and greater. You know, because if that disconnect is there, that's job security for them. You know? Can if, be. If people... People can actually make their own, you know, rational decisions about things and be, you know, uh, accountable, responsible c citizens. Then, what do we need that government for? Exactly, exactly, dude. You nailed it. That's why I tried to. I wanted to learn more about self-reliance. You know, self-reliance, and really. What does that mean in terms of our sustainability for what we're doing to contribute, but also like have greater opportunity in the future to do something else and right. continue to build on it? And, and also, you know, like remind yourself and, you know, you know, make, make certain the differences between self-reliance and anti-social, you know, behavior. Yeah. It's like, it's like, don't be self-reliant. Sure. <laughs> don't be self-reliant so that you can just forsake everybody. No, know, be no. Be self-reliant so that you can help people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Help, help yourself and then help other people. Right. Cause you can't until you actually do what you need to, to help yourself. Well, I find, yeah. And cause it's, it's all about like you end up getting, 
the vast, I feel like the reason why you like we've heard a lot in our circle of work about like how the quality is like downhill. And I feel like a lot of that is due to just the fact that it starts with the individual. And in order to offer that, whatever it is like that, that, uh, that drive and inspiration to do better because here's how, because here's, I'm, I'm presuming you're competent, but I'm also like, I understand where your capabilities and where I need to step in to pick up the slack so that you can get and rise to your actual potential. Cause in doing so, it's like you kind of flip a switch and you allow them to, you allow them to fail because it's only going to come down to them because all I'm doing is the exact same thing for me. Like if I'm, if I'm allowing myself to step back and make mistakes and come back the next day with more and more, uh, solutions, at least theoretical solutions to problems, then shit's good. You know, you're still working through those things. Yeah, I mean, if you have more solutions than you do problems, then you're doing well. You know? For sure. Whether, and that's that, not just, you know, has nothing really to do with financials. I think you got a Blue Jay going after your chicken. Yep. Really? Well, it's not going after your chickens, but it's might be going after the eggs. The eggs? Yeah, the- Blue Jays eat eggs. Oh, in the coop? Possibly. Did they go in the coop? It went into the went into the fence area. Oh, really? Yeah. Landed on the fence and then dove down. Oh, yeah, it's area. down there. Yeah. I bet you it's getting scraps. Yeah, probably. I bet you it's getting something from... I put I mowed the lawn today and put a bunch of trimmings in, so I don't know what's in there. Uh, if you and have any broken eggs in there, it's probably because of that, though. I sure hope not. But that's a good point. Yeah, if they if they eat eggs, they're going to be going after it. I don't know. Oh, well, sir, it's always a pleasure. It's hard to end these things, honestly. God damn, I, I thought it was, you know, like, yeah, we went like 25 minutes longer than I thought we were going to. Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, my God, there's always so much, and I don't want to, like, I don't yeah. want to overwhelm and go on too too long but you thinking so thursday i'm actually i'll be camping okay yeah um and i'll be back sunday okay and i'm thinking after that i'm gonna try and book mike awesome yeah that's my that's my goal for that i just need to like figure out a few you know, hopefully, if the weather's nice, we can just be out here. But, yeah. And yeah, and like like we were saying, we can do it from anywhere if we really want to. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. I love that you threw with, out there that we a, could go to him. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but was there anything you wanted to talk about, sir, before we head out of here? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think we we done good good thing today. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, as much as, 
you know, some of this shit might weigh on us and, you know, be a heavy thing. And you've got to remember to, you know, allow yourself to, you know, just put it on the back burner to also, you know, tend to and appreciate the other things in life that mean something to you. You know, can't let it consume you. And, yeah. You know, it's as long as you know you're headed in the right direction. It's like it's okay to, mm. you know, sit down on the path every once in a while. So. Totally. Reminds me of sailing. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. sometimes you can just let the wind take you. Yeah. yeah. But also you, you need to keep your bearings. Yeah. And you got to know when you need to lift a finger. Yep. And intervene. Yep. For sure. When the winds change. Yeah, that reminds me. I got to go into the hives at some point before I um, head out for camping. I got to check on things. But, um, dude, it's great. Sir? Great session today. Thank you very, very much for this. And, thank uh, you. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to and, uh, anyone else who's listening. I know you all have a lot of choices out there in the podcast ether. So uh, yeah, we and, appreciate you tuning in. You know. It's just another one of those, uh, you know, you, you don't have to waste your time with anybody. You can waste it with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like podcasts for like certain things like going into work, morning routine. Sometimes even I'll just listen to them in the shower. It's like we're having a shower radio. Yeah. And there's so many different types too. You know, it's like, yeah, there's comedy, there's, you know, you know, dramatic there's you know historic crime conspiracy spiritual you know the the list goes on and so yeah it's it's not really a mystery that hollywood is dying because oh, dude. you know there's so much better content you know just hearing the two hearing two strangers talk to each other is more entertaining and informative than you know a week's worth of television, you know, it's, yeah, it's, there's a reason why it's a growing format. Yeah. I like it. And I like exploring what's out there, like everything in between. Mm. So real life. Shit. I wanted to capture that little part there. Real life shit. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. What's that from? That's on uh that's actually Maddie Matheson, who my brother told me plays on the Bear show. That the Bear. Yeah, yeah. On uh on Hulu, I believe. Yep. And yeah, I've been meaning to dive into that. Again, I oh, I want to wait until they drop a bunch it's, so I can binge. It's on its second season. Um it's really good, but as somebody that worked in the kitchen industry for too long, like I've never watched a show that gave me that much PTSD because of how how well they did with it, you know, but that's what I've been hearing. It's like I can watch an episode at a time, but I cannot binge it. I'm like I I get fucking worked up like laying there in bed. I'm just like Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> Runner. <laughs> it's dude. bad. Oh my god. I still hear the choppers. <laughs> yeah, and I never had it quite as bad as you cuz I I stopped. At you a got out of point. it. Yeah. I, yeah after about smart. six years, I almost kept going on that path, though. 
I, I ended up applying for a job that, um, yeah, turns out one of our former coworkers gave me a bad reputation because we always butted heads and I wouldn't take his shit basically. And he gave me a bad reference because he knows the chef that I was interviewing with and I didn't get the job. And so instead I went in this other path of human services since then. Oh shit. Yeah. And sort of took my culinary like, um, passions to my home kitchen, which is where they should be. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, mechanics never have nice cars. Carpenters never have nice houses and fucking chefs never cook nice food for themselves. You know, Mm. like, when chefs get home, the last thing they want to do is get into the kitchen and fucking like, oh, what's to eat tonight? Yeah. Fucking lean cuisine. Or, you know, like. Or reminds me of the scene. In, Stouffer's. In, uh, yeah. In uh, uh, Once Upon a Time mm. in Hollywood. And Brad Pitt comes home after a day's work or whatever, like driving, uh, you know. Stunt driving. Yeah. Well, that and just like being his driver for oh, personal, yeah. like get around. Yeah. Uh, and comes home and is like in this like different wavelength with his dog, who's like sub, you know, they're like telekinesis style looking at each other, like, are you whining? You want this? I'll throw it out. I'll, I won't like, <laughs> I won't hesitate kind of thing. And, waits until he like gets his dinner and he just mix he's meanwhile he's mixing up like a box of mac and cheese or whatever from a bo- you know just like whipping that up and then eats right out of the pot sits down in front of the tube and gives his dog the signal and they just chow down and it's like yeah you come home from work you're not gonna make some gourmet crazy shit i mean you're it, working that hard yeah especially if that's it, you know what you just came from doing you know yeah like i have more yeah, that wasn't a very good example in that sense. Well, but no, but I mean, it, for sure, you're. Yeah, you're. If you're spent, like, yeah, you just want a, <laughs> a quick turd to pack. You know, it's a lot of work back there for sure. All right, well, to all you folks out there who are in the restaurant industry, especially in the back of the house, stay strong. And we appreciate what you do, especially when you don't spit in it. Thank you. Love y'all.